So I've been remote working for, I left my corporate job in 2002, 2003. That was Sun Microsystems, which obviously don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Not not in the way they used to anyway, I guess, as sh- right. the shadow of their former self. And uh, so I was, I, I, I sold the little web app that I made then, and I worked for that company for a little bit, but it was pretty much, there was an office in a cool part of London, and it was, um, it was going if you want to hang in London, it was, there was <laughs> the, the owner of the company lived like a, a few minutes walk away from the office. And it was like a four person, five person. And we kind of just went to the office if we felt like it. <laughs> and so I think from that moment on, I've never been a, an office person. I mm-hmm. just haven't either. It's been, I go in because I want some social interactivity or there's something that we need to talk about together. It's just easier, especially, you know, video conferencing wasn't really as good didn't really exist in the same way back then um and uh, there was the 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 previous job i had here was the there was the first time since then that i've actually been like daily going into an office and it would took some getting used to (laughs) that's for sure yeah and i think that the thing is for remote working is a company has to they have to buy into it like big time, not a dip in their toes and say, well, you know, it's not really working. You've either got to commit to it and change your working practices to to take it remote first or, you know, I, I, there's got to be a, a definite goal in mind rather than just seeing what happens, whether that's like a hybrid goal or, you know, some kind of flexible system, but it has to be a, a stated thing that you want to make work rather than just, oh, well, it didn't work out right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. So for now, I'm having to commute a couple of days a week and uh, next week it's going to be three days a week. And so, yeah, I don't think they are planning Mm. to fully support remote work for now, even, even though they've had a long time to evaluate it and to see the effectiveness because work has gotten done, you know, everyone's been working and, you know, it hasn't really made that much of a difference. And certainly for certain, specifically for certain types of jobs, certain roles, right. That make it super easy to just do the work remotely. You don't have to be in the office, but they're not even differentiating that they they they're throwing a blanket statement and everyone has to come into the office eventually so i'm working on that though i'm actively looking for a different role somewhere else and i'm not planning on staying there for a very long time so i mean i've been there for a long time already so it's time to move on (laughs) you know there's there's no unknowns there you know what that what will happen kind of thing you can make very strong predictions about how they're dealing with this right so (laughs) yep Yep. Yeah. I mean, so I, I, can... I, sorry, I saw on the uh, the news about, you know, Apple saying that, you know, that it's like, we're, we will not be becoming a remote first company, right? Pretty much. I mean, you, you, mm-hmm. it's a strange one because I guess, you know, they've just spent all of this money on that campus, that gorgeous building. And yeah, it, I can't blame them <laughs> if I'd spent all that on that. And I think Apple has such a, a, a distinct culture goal there that it's sad in one way that you know they they seem to not be willing to to find some medium Mm -hmm. but i 
if if I lived close, I'd probably want to go into that office. Too. There's probably a, a strong desire to go there if I was there because, you know, the facilities and things are somewhat different. Once you've tasted the flexibility of remote work, even if it's hybrid or whatever, then it's really difficult to go back to thinking that you have to be in a particular place at a particular time so many days a week it's like what i it always um kills me that i don't know how people get things done because <laughs> how do they i it's yeah when i was going started going into the office again every day as a real real job i guess i i was i i don't know how all of the things that i was doing i don't know when i'm supposed to do them anymore because they they just slot into natural ebbs and flows of your day but to be mm -hmm. put on the spot and say no you you will be here a particular time to do a particular thing it's like but what if i don't want to do that or what if it's not the right yeah. time for me to do that right it it felt yeah. such a i guess if you've always done that it, that's normal and you don't question it so much but when you've not done it for so long and then someone's put in this position it's like why <laughs> yeah yeah and i can understand if a certain role requires that you are physically present at a location right and i can see Apple, for example, they they build hardware, right? Yes. They design hardware. So I can imagine that's, you know, you, you can't do all of that remotely 100%. You have right. to be present. And there's, I don't even know what, you know, kind of work it requires to do that. I, I mean, I can imagine, but, but I can only imagine that you cannot be 100% remote right. if, if your role is, you know, designing hardware and testing things and working with hardware. Right. But but there are certain roles that, you know, lend themselves to be remote. If you're just writing software and you're just, you know, coding all the time, I mean, why not? You, you can be anywhere. Yeah. I and mean, meetings are conducted virtually anyways, especially right. nowadays. Yeah, we kind of got used to that. <laughs> I mean, they're not yeah. necessarily optimal. And I think, yeah. I think there's still a lot of learning to be done with regards to how we approach online meetings and things. So, but again, that's, that's, that's one of the, the things I want to try and solve with dot plan, or at least provide an alternative that is, it offers different types of benefits. I mean, the, the big goal for, for dot plan for me was to try to try to reproduce the serendipity that happens in an office. And I think that was a big shock for me about returning to office life was there's a lot that you, um, miss by being completely remote. And I didn't realize that so much before I went back to it. And just people talking on a phone call on the other side of the office, you you pick up things and you're like, are we working with them? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Hold on, uh, who, who's doing that? And I, I should probably be involved because I know something about that. But because you weren't involved with it, sometimes it's not known. Or you, again, if you're talking to somebody about a technology, somebody across the other side of the office is like, hold on, I've, I've, I know about that. And that just gets lost often in remote work because everybody is doing their thing. And unless it's assigned to you or unless it's made explicit that we're looking into a thing, then you just don't know about it. And that's mm -hmm. that, that, so the, the previous company that I spent like six or seven years working for remotely, I three of the staff at a conference and, but the rest of them, the, the other 30 something people I never met. We, I, I never even spoke to the majority of them. It was purely text-based communication. And it's great. You know, I, I had some really good friends and it was probably the best working environment that I've ever had in terms of trust and understanding between each other. But it was 
there was a lot of serendipity lost there because you just don't know what's going on. And unless you become communicative in a particular way, you just disappear into the background. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the whole, the whole premise of me starting dot plan was I want to be able to make it easy for people to share what they're working on, what's going on without making it like formal, you know, without me writing a report saying we are thinking about this thing. And if anybody has any input, please do. It's like, well, I'm looking at this and then people can hold on. That's interesting to me. So I wanted to try to form a different way of that serendipitous communication that like mm -hmm. uh, in non-direct, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. In indirect. <laughs> indirect. Indirect. Yes. Yeah non-explicit mm -hmm. so yeah. it's th there's still some ways to go but it's interesting we're kind of skipping all over the place today but i had a we had some communication with one of the beta users here in fukuoka and mm -hmm. uh, his explicit reason for wanting to try this out try using dot plan was he wasn't didn't feel on top of what his staff were doing. And that's like, well, that's exactly what we're trying to solve here. So he, I don't want to say hesitant, but he was somewhat unconvinced when we started the trial. He's like, I'm happy to try it because I want to solve this. I want to make this better. I don't know if what you're doing is the answer, but I'm happy to try it to see what happens. His big worry was that his staff wouldn't do this, you know, it, or they would take it with, you know, begrudgingly do it rather than buy into it. And so we were talking to him about a feature that we're trialing with him, only him, because he had a specific request. And I'm like, I'm not sure if this mm -hmm. is part of, this needs to be part of the product in the future, but I'm willing to give it a go and see how it fits in. So it's this small feature that I added for him and it's just behind a feature flag so he can use it. And so he said, well, you know, how is the other thing? And it's like, oh, that's great. You know, I, that, that that's almost like not a problem anymore. <laughs> I'm more interested in this new feature. And the fact that the dot plan is providing the benefit and it's solving that problem that he had already. He's already thinking about the next challenges. And that was, that was a big, like, oh, hold on. The fact that he's now reliant on this, the company has kind of accepted this. This is just part of the way they work now was like, oh, wow. He's, it, it's weird because you're now looking at the next problems and he's almost like skipping ahead. Oh, it would be better if we, if we could do this and it's like, yeah, yeah, well, hold on. Got to convince everybody else of this first step first. So that well, that's was nice. Yeah, absolutely. It was really like validating. It felt, felt very reassuring to think that especially someone who was hesitant and unconvinced to start off with. And mm. especially he was like, yeah, my, my, it's going to be like pulling teeth, getting my staff to do this, <laughs> but they're doing it. And they seem to have, so the, the next step is we're trying to arrange another meeting to go in and talk to him in person and hopefully try and get his staff's feedback as well, because it's, it's great if it solves his problem. I want to know how mm. the staff feel about it now. That's like the next thing we need to understand. So it's like, it's great if he's happy, but are the, the staff happy as well. So right. that's, yeah, it, it felt really good to, to get that, just that validation of like, yeah, it, of course it's working. <laughs> <laughs> so that was exciting. That was a good bit of new this, news this week. That's awesome. Can you describe the feature? Are you at a point the feature where you that, talk... that we've built for him? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, it's yeah. the, so it's, it's pretty simple. It's, it's a time tracker. It's a time card system. So okay. Japan, I, I may have mentioned this before, but Japan has a labor law rule that if you're mm -hmm. earning less than 10 million yen, if it's an office job, if you learn less than 10 million yen per year, hundred um, K or, and you're not a director level uh, employee, then mm -hmm. you have to keep time cards. 
Yeah, I remember you mentioned that. I think that. I mentioned it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's to stop overwork and stop people being taken advantage of in terms of their office hours. Right. And he's like, we, they currently have a complicated system with, like, there's a clocking machine, there's people making notes of things, there's people writing messages in, like, a Slack-type thing. Yeah, I'm starting mm -hmm. work, I'm stopping work. And he's like, this this takes a lot of time to aggregate this. Mm -hmm. There's got to be some something you can... Uh, and because the way they're using .plan is, I think I mentioned this before, but again, different people seem to be using it in different ways. And I'm trying yeah. to now figure out what's the <laughs> what, what right way, right? There's, it works differently for different people, works well in different ways for different people. But mm -hmm. the way they're doing it is they're doing a morning and an evening check-in. So first thing mm -hmm. in the morning, they say, this is what I'm going to, this is what I plan to do. And then in the evening, this is what I've achieved. That's the... I'll come back to an interesting point about that in a second, but that's what they're doing and that works well. So it's like, well, can't we just say I'm starting work and then I'm stopping work and record those times. And that gives us a, like a recorded list of when people start and stopped work. Can we use that? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, that you don't necessarily want to tie that to an official clock in and clock out, but there's certainly overlap there between the systems. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I, I didn't want to build I didn't want to build a time tracking system to be honest that that was like the almost like the opposite goal of dot plan I wanted to produce something that was that didn't feel formal didn't feel like something you had to do it was more of a I getting a benefit from it but at the same time then I started thinking of the aspect you know there's a lot of movement behind you know recording what you've done as a productivity and you know personal tracking kind of tool like you know what's how long did I spend on that? And you know yourself, you know, mm -hmm. I, I started to try doing like time blocking just to try to control the amount of what I spent my time doing because it's easy to either lose time on something that isn't important or, you know, or waste time on looking at Twitter, right? Uh, or, or just working too much, you know, that's the other thing as well. You know, we, we, we've mentioned, yeah. you know, things about just being able to be aware of how much time you're spending. And I, so I kind of got back to this, came to this, realization that it might be relevant because if you're adding what you're working on what you're doing and what you've achieved then being able to correlate this with some kind of time based system there could be personal benefits uh, as well as corporate benefits right you know it, so sure. this is actually something i was going to maybe mention is i'm curious what you think about how you respond to people's request for features because in this case it's you know he said well i'd really like a time tracking system as part of this and i'm like mm -hmm. this isn't what i want to build right, <laughs> right i, I right. don't want to build a clock in and clock out system you know this is not how i i know remote working doesn't work well if i have to clock in at 8 30 in the morning and clock out at six but at the same time the more i thought about it, it I, I just let it bubble for a for quite a long time before agreeing to build it. <laughs> I yeah, was like, let me yeah. think about this. I don't want to commit before I before I understand the implications of this. But I also sure. didn't want to say no outright. But my first reaction was no, I'm not building that. And then before I, you know, that that was going on in my head is like, there's no way I'm going to build that. It, and so I just said, you know, let, let me think about this for a while. And, mm -hmm. and it took probably about a week for me to convince myself that there might be something in it. Um, and again, I don't know if it is, but I, I I kind of decided that the the spending 
X amount of time. Again, a reasonable, I didn't, I didn't want to just go down a rabbit hole and build out this fully featured thing, but I scoped a very tight version of this. And I'm like, okay, if I build this, is that useful to you? Yes. He said, I'm like, okay, it's, it's very tightly scoped. It's not a full on, you know, time tracking. It basically allows you to start and stop a timer and either just a generic timer or one related to a project that exists in the system already. So, you know, dot plan now I'm moving to like the projects as being like a central part of how the interface works. And if you're a member of a project, you can effectively start a timer on a project and end the timer Mm -hmm. and that's it. And it just gives you a list of your times. The account owner can see everybody's times and that's it. And so we turned that on for him this week. And so we will find out how useful that is to him. But just in using that on my, for myself as well, I'm like, this isn't, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel too heavy. It's super lightweight, just lives in the, the menu bar at the top. And I feel like I have this extra quantitative data about myself. Now, what I've been doing is like, I can see my, how I, the time I've spent and it doesn't feel invasive. It doesn't feel like controlling or anything. It just feels informative for me. So I think there's something in it and I don't know what that is yet, but it's been an interesting experiment to take somebody's request that I was not convinced about and, and just iterate on it and play with it. And I've got like so many sketches here of like, okay, how can I make this work that doesn't feel like I'm making a time tracking system, right? I'm not, that's not what I'm doing, but how can I incorporate those aspects into this and make it feel part of the same product? And it's, it's worked out well so far. I think I say I'm, I'm still not a hundred percent convinced, but I'm like 90% convinced. (laughs) So I'm curious to know, like, so say for instance, you know, someone comes to you with Fusioncast and says, you know, it would be great if it did this. And you're like, that's not on my roadmap at all. I'm not really interested in doing that. What would you do with that request? Yeah. Yeah. It's a tricky, it's a tricky thing to consider those requests and and give them uh, weight, right? Give them a relevance. I think the key thing is, I think you, you touched on that. The key is to have, you have an idea of what your product needs to be. And some of these requests may align really nicely with your, your idea of the product. And some obviously will not align, you know, at all. So I think if there's a way that you can mold or shape that idea or that suggestion in a way that it'll it'll integrate into your system in a more seamless way, then you can do that. I, I handle this in a similar way. I my first reaction is usually no because <laughs> because I, I have an idea of what I want it to do. But you know, as long as it's a request of a feature that is sort of related or tangentially related to yeah, it, it's the not a core completely different product. product, right? But it's it's exactly it's kind of just out there a little bit. It's just a bit beyond the limits of where you ex- what you planned to do, right? <laughs> yeah. For example, with the thing with Fusioncast is that it's a recording tool, right? So I I want to stay true to that and keep my course in that direction. And I don't want to deviate too much from that because I want to take care of one thing and hopefully do it well, right? It's just this one thing. It's a recording tool. It's not meant for editing. It's not an editing tool. It's not, you know. So I've gotten requests where people suggest that maybe, you know, if if they could edit, you know, with automatically it to upload edit. to like yeah, distribution or something, right? Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine and things the like requests, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's not it's not a it's not an editing tool. So I unfortunately I have to say no to those. But there are some other requests where even if it's not directly related to recording, but in if in some way it enhances the experience of recording, then you know I can consider that and maybe implement it as suggested or shape it in a different way that kind of integrates better with with my main mission. And I and I think that's kind of what you touched on earlier, where okay, your first reaction was no, but then <laughs> okay, let me think about how I can kind of make it work and have that thing, that feature, bring more value into your core mission. I mean, uh, the, the, value. that's the interesting thing about this, you know, the, by embracing something that I'm not embracing it, but but giving it space to to at least try to live. I've touched on something that I think could become kind of core you know mm -hmm. the especially this idea of you know this this quantitative self of of recording not just for other people what i'm doing but also mm -hmm. having the i mean even using dot plan for me the company of me is actually useful having this log of what i was doing last week and just seeing thought patterns appear in that is actually very interesting and seeing you can see your mood changes because you know mood tracking built in as well so not just for from a, a manager company you know a standpoint but just from you know how am i doing <laughs> i can almost see the ebbs and flows in my own work you know mm -hmm. how much time did i spend on each project and again you'll by doing this i i, I I want to try some visualization of this, but we can already yeah. see the patterns in the list of data mm -hmm. of, hold on, I was really focused on this thing this week or you know, that period of time. And you can, it'll be interesting to, to do some visualizations on it. So by seeing that it's not, not completely out there, it actually has some interesting side effects. It's paid off, I think. So I say I'm not, a hundred percent sure that it's going to exist in its in the same format it is right now, but I'm becoming more convinced that it is part of what dot plan is becoming. And I think mm -hmm. this, um, mm -hmm. and again, when I started on dot plan, I had a, a reasonably strong idea of what I thought the product was. And it's really interesting to see how it's because it's, I guess in some ways it, it's not a tightly defined, it's probably the, the, you know, I think I said this before as well. It's probably the, the, wrong project to do as an indie hacker project right you know it should be super niche like tightly scoped something that you know it's it has hard edges but by kind of approaching something that is fuzzy and i've got an idea in this space but it isn't strongly defined and typed and it doesn't have hard edges it's it, it has potentially long tendrils reaching out into other projects it makes it it makes it tricky but it also feels super rewarding to see where it goes because it's mm -hmm. it, it's it's growing i mean the fact that you know projects weren't an integral part of the, the my original plan and it's become kind of core just by seeing how people use it and how i use it and you can see mm -hmm. these patterns coming out and again if i was a different type of person i probably could have done this before i started coding <laughs> i mean this is you know i guess what service designers and user experience designers do right you know this all of this would have been prototyped out and kind of worked with clients and but the easiest way for me to to do and learn is to write code you know i i can write code easier than i can draw on figma easier than you know doing interviewing clients with prototypes, I'm like, well, I can build it for you and see how you use it. <laughs> That's the easiest yeah. way of learning for me. Um, 
and sure you know i'm sure other people will work differently but it's been a an interesting journey so far and it's really interesting to see it's becoming clearer to me well what it is even though my initial is not far but it's different from my original concept it feels now like it is becoming much more in focus and uh, now it's yeah. just a matter of like you know getting it perfectly in focus and and building it out and building stuff which i now 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 know needs building when before i wasn't even aware that it needed to exist <laughs> yeah and it sounds like you you in analyzing the request and how the feature would work you kind of broke it down to parts that, well, no, not parts, but you shaped it down to uh, a way that it would work with what you have, what right. your the rest of your product. Yes. So it it's not so it doesn't become a whole other product. It's just an added feature that works well with the main purpose of your of your product. Right. right? Exactly. And I think that was. I also want to by by not committing to building a full on time tracking system, but What's the, what does a time tracking system look like in the context of dot plan? And and it did exactly. take took a good few weeks for me to figure that out, even at just a high level, you know, sketch view. And then seeing it actually come in and just be there and it works, it's it's nice. Mm-hmm. It feels good. So I'm I'm kind of interested to see how this works out. Just as a yeah, it, it's it's been an interesting experiment for sure. Yeah, sounds like it. That's awesome. <laughs> So how's FusionCast coming along anyway? How's your, what's been going on there? So I haven't had any time to work on product. I need to, I think I talked about this last time. I'm still working on other things besides the product itself. I'm getting a little impatient and I need to get back to working on the product itself. And so I think I'm going to be doing that this week, next week, the latest. I've been focusing on the marketing website. I got some feedback from some folks and it was good feedback to improve the marketing site, improve the message. So I've been working on that. And one of those things was to include a video, which I was planning to do. And we talked about that. So I finally spent some time recording a video for that. It's just a quick demo of how FusionCast works from logging in, creating a podcast entry, creating a session, joining a session, have someone else else a guest join and just showcase real quick mm-hmm. you know backup recording in progress local recording in progress it's uploading at the same time and that's it and just showing the recordings that get generated from that quick session nice. you know it's about three and a half minutes or so i'm still editing a few parts here and there it's almost ready to go uh, and as soon as i finish it i'm gonna update the website with that right and I updated the copy a little bit on the website, a little bit of styling as well, just to make it a little more alive. Okay. One of the, yeah, one of the feedback that I got was that it was a little too grayish, you know, kind I, of dull. That was that was going to be my only um, response to it is, yeah, it, it, it needs a bit of color and uh, it needs to look, yeah. a little, I mean, it's, it's especially with something like a podcast that you don't want it to feel like a, a boring corporate thing, right? The people who are recording podcasts are generally a bit more lively and upbeat, right? So you want to fall into, match that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I did add a little bit of more color to it. Tired. Not, not, a, yeah, not a whole <laughs> lot, but <laughs> not being a designer, color is, I, I mean, that's one of the reasons dot plan is, is blue and purple is it's difficult yeah. to make a massive mistake when it's all the same. Everything's indigo, right? And uh, I, I experimented briefly with trying to do a dark theme and I'm like, okay, I need to learn a few things before I <laughs> venture into that world. 
yeah, it's without having a, any design background, it's it's very easy to screw up with the color, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dark dark mode presents uh, unique challenges, and I, I've experimented with that a little bit with my own website. I created a dark theme. If your system is in dark mode, then my site renders in dark mode. But it's a really simple design. I don't. I didn't use that much color and kept it really simple because it is challenging to have color on a dark mode, right? Uh, theme. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it's uh, even even some of the big sites. You know, like I mean, GitHub now has a, a dark mode and stuff. And some things work well, and other things you're like, yeah, it feels yeah. feels off, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They sometimes they use these sort of neon mm. colors on dark yeah. modes, you know, on on dark themes, and it doesn't look all that great. No. It looks really colorful, but it's a little too much, right. you know. Exactly. Yeah, there's um, a fine line. What, what that's actually one of the things I'm trying to add to. Uh, to dot plan at the moment is so at the moment the only place color is used outside of the purple is for your like the default user icons so you mm -hmm. a little circle so i'm trying to add this as a, an identifier a way of identifying visually projects from one another because projects are mm -hmm. becoming like the i say like a core aspect of the the of the check-ins and things now i want to try to tie colors to those too so at the moment i'm just doing it as like, a, I, I wrote a thing which basically takes a string, does a hash, and you get a, a, a hue based on it. So you can set the saturation and, yeah, you know. Yeah, oh, <laughs> hue, saturation, and... Uh, yeah, uh, hue, saturation, and what is it? Contrast? Yeah, no. maybe. Something no. like that. It's so, so I just vary the hue based on... So it always looks-ish, right? Because it doesn't look too standout. It, it, it's just reason subtly enough that it's it looks colorful but it doesn't look too uh, out there and then have it mm -hmm. so you can just choose a different one uh, later but at the moment i'm just taking the the id and something else and creating a hash from it using that to to seed a to create a, a hue and and it's mm -hmm. nice just just actually suddenly having a bit of color appear on the screen in both tags and like the, the project view it suddenly gives the it makes it feel more i don't know real and yeah. and it also i feel like i'm my boring indigo and white or rather gray 100 background has suddenly <sighs> paid off because the colors all work having just colors if if i'd already gone with a strong opinionated color scheme for the rest of the project it would be like oh my god someone just knocked over a box of crayola right <laughs> but because everything is kind of bland to start off with having just these little injections of color actually I was pleasantly surprised how good it looked. I'm like, okay, this. I feel like yeah, I, I, I feel like I planned it, but I didn't. It's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Color can be tricky, and design as a whole is is uh, just a whole other feel, especially for us right. coders. Have you read Adam's um, refactoring UI book? I have the book. I haven't gone through most of it. I only started and did a, a little bit of it. I, I read it when it first, yeah, when he first released it. So I, I should probably go back and reread it, but it's interesting how it's certain things. Of oh, wait, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I don't have it. I, I was thinking of um, refactoring to collections, the oh, right. ah, okay. older book that he, ah, he wrote. I, I, Not, you're talking about the UI. Yeah, yeah UI. Sorry. Okay. I, knew, yeah. I don't know that one. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't have that one. <laughs> oh, it, it's highly recommended because again, I read it first when it was, when he first released it. And, um, and I, I found it again the other day. I was tidying up some file system and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And and it's funny how certain things seem to have, I have actually learned it as in things which he's mentioned. I'm like, 
I do that now. <laughs> it's just yeah. in terms of there, there's one of the, I think it was very early on, simple thing about just using, as opposed to using text to as headers and things, as in like, you know, title, project, and then I think using mm-hmm. the colors, weight, and, and color as weight, and layout to to almost like state what this is and the its relation to the item. I've mm-hmm. been trying to do that a lot more. And and I didn't realize that I was doing it, but it was just reading it. You know, I, I just scanned through the file when I found it. I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I apparently I learned something there. <laughs> so <laughs> you internalized, yeah, that. <laughs> apparently so. But that just really stuck with me. That like, oh yeah, I, I'm labeling everything. Why am I labeling all of the fields when it's obvious when you weight things and you lay things out properly that you don't need the label right so i, I that apparently stuck with me so i feel there's a there's a whole lot more that i should um, review in there and learn again so it's it's again it, i like the style of that just in terms of the kind of like the not cookbook but a um reference mm-hmm. thing you you mm-hmm. th- there's there's just things to learn <laughs> not yeah. like it's not a, a wordy you know like novel it's a read these things internalize them be a better designer so that I, yeah. that that resonates with me i like that style and <laughs> if i was to write another book. yeah exactly if i was to write another book again which i've said i've said through twice i would never do and i ended up doing but i'd really like to do something in that style that is is something that you can refer to and you know spend five minutes looking through it and go oh yeah okay i got something from it you know and, and it's it's not, you don't have to sit down and work through it. It's just like something that you can pick up at any page and learn something. I like that, that style. Yeah. Color is, and design as a whole is a whole other world. And I've been trying to get better at that little by little, you know, every project, anything that I work on, I try to learn something new and apply it and improve in that side of things. But still. Related to that also, do you use like Figma or a design tool to to sketch, to, to design your layout before implementing it uh, or do you just uh, do, do you use it designing code sometimes i i use figma and sometimes i don't and i've been trying to use it even if i don't use even if i don't do a lot in it i at least start and kind of get an idea of what i want to do and then i just jump right into the browser and just design in the browser especially with tailwind is a lot easier right you know yeah exactly right, right. so if i'm working on a project for a client or you know or something like that or for work i usually do go more in depth using figma but for my own stuff i usually just start you know i just start with something and once i i know i get an idea then i, I just jump right into code Okay. There's been times that I've spent more time on Figma just designing a small feature, like a subset of a page, you know, like a row of items with buttons. And I just want to see how they line up and what spacing to use and what little icons to use as labels kind of thing instead of words, just using icons and, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. But yeah, I, I go back and forth between Figma and just designing in the browser. Right. I, I guess the my reason for asking is because I... I don't use Figma at all and and I don't mm-hmm. and I'm not comfortable or familiar enough with it. I tried using it a few days ago, a few weeks ago, and realized that I couldn't get it to do anything. And I'm like, okay, do I invest time to learn a like a prototyping tool or I, I, I literally just, you know, write in Tailwind now. It's like, well, mm-hmm. I know I need a box here and it's this wide and this things are gonna go at this corner. And I just write it with uh, with Tailwind and from a sketch. So I'll just sketch on paper and then go, okay, I know 
kind of how this is going to work. And then visually I'll go, okay, that needs to be wider. This needs to be. So mm -hmm. I, I only do go direct from a paper high level wiggly line sketch to, to code. And, and I'm wondering if I'm missing out on something, it's like, do I, you know, spend a few days becoming good with Figma, you know, what will that make me in, in the end, hopefully be faster and getting to the, a better design quicker and then i'm just implementing mm -hmm. the final design as opposed to fiddling which is what i do currently is like i'll get it working and then i'll spend you know far too much time fiddling with it to yeah. make it look right so i'm just curious as to yeah whether i should invest the time in in learning it I think it would be a good idea for you to invest some time to learn the tool a little bit. It can be useful. I guess it really depends on the feature or what it is that you're designing. Sometimes the color and the you know icons and all that helps a lot to do it in a design tool right. like Figma, and it saves you time. Right. But in, in other situations, it kind of slows you down a lot because depending on, on what it is that you're working yeah. with. I mean, I, I, sorry, I was just going to say that in, in previous company, yeah, we we our designs were effectively done by a designer in in design and then going from that and it's like okay i know exactly what i need to implement and then sometimes it's like but i can't implement that based on the system we have currently you know it's like well that that's not gonna fit and then it, you end up with this back and forth so i'm just I, I think maybe figma handles that better maybe than in design whereas i think in design is a more just graphical tool. I'm, I'm not too familiar with the difference, so I don't know. Hmm. Do you mean like interactivity or? I, I guess I guess my lack of understanding of Figma was my, when I started using it, my assumption was that I could design it and it'd give me HTML. And apparently I was way off. <laughs> Mm, yeah, no, it doesn't work <laughs> because that way. Because I see people do all these Figma designs, you know, I've seen things shared and then I'm like, oh, interesting. And then it's like, hold on, this is just a picture. Oh yeah, it's just a picture, which yeah, it, it was a, a completely incorrect assumption on my part. It doesn't do that. It's just a design tool. That, but you do. It does have features, or it does have a feature where you can create some interactivity, so that if you hand this off to a client, for example, you want them to get a feel for how the website navigates. Oh, okay. It can navigate from one page to right. another. It's like a prototype so you can have kind of tool, right? Right. A prototype. Yeah. You, you can have links that are live you know so to speak and navigate the site so it gives you a good kind of a good sense of what navigation is going to be like right. that you can do but it won't do code for you <laughs> i discovered this uh, quickly <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah i guess it's uh, it was just a poor assumption on my part and then i my question was yeah, like, well, where does this fit into my process? Because at the moment, it doesn't fit into mm -hmm. my process at all. So, so it's mm -hmm. like, do I change my process and learn to use that as a, okay, do this before I start coding? And, you know, I'm, I'm always keen to improve my process and technique. So it's like, okay, do I, it's probably, probably not a bad waste of an afternoon right to, <laughs> to use yeah figma. yeah and figma has a youtube channel with a All ton right. of videos cool. yeah i'll see if i can i probably have a bookmark somewhere and you can go in there and learn real quick the basics they have a ton of videos on there cool. Yeah, I think it would be good for you to become familiar with it. I find it that it's more useful when you have to show a design to someone, right. like a client or something with a like client that. Or something, definitely. Yeah. yeah, then you definitely can take advantage of it and show a client what a design will, will look like. Before you go and spend um, more time actually building it and fiddling. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, but with with our own projects, sometimes that doesn't work to spend all that time just in design when you can, once you get an idea, and that's why I was saying the way I use it is I start mm -hmm. and I kind of get an idea. And once I, I kind of like what I see on Figma, I just leave it mm -hmm. and jump on onto coding and yeah. designing in the browser. It's rare that I spend too much time in Figma for my own stuff. Right. Okay. I also use paper and pencil I was quite a bit. I was just going to say, there's there an interesting tool. I don't know if it still exists, but when the very first iPhone came out, um, not very first, but when you could start writing applications for it, there was a uh, prototyping tool that you took a photo of a sketch and you could effectively assign hot zones and say, okay, if, oh. if you push this thing, transition to another sketch. And so you effectively created a, a prototype based on sketches on your POP prototype on paper, I think it was called. Um, Probably, mm. probably still exists or something like it. And so the one of the first iPhone apps I designed, I, I did that. And that was interesting because it was such a designing for such a different format was was a, a big deal at that point in time, right? You know, responsive mm. sites just didn't really exist. And trying to design for like 320 pixels when you be used to 1024 was was like oh god how, how, i don't even know how i'm supposed to put things on a screen this small whereas now it's yeah. you know the opposite right um yeah so yeah it, it, that, that was that was fun i remember doing that but yeah especially <laughs> again if i'm if you're designing for different breakpoints then being able to to do that visually and try different things without having to fight with css is probably <laughs> probably worth uh, doing yeah yeah yeah, for sure. Let's see, where were we? I was telling you about the website. And oh, yes, so colors. I think a, I got distracted by colors. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, that's right. Colors. I kept it simple still because, I, again, I just want something that works good enough for now that is aesthetically pleasing. But maybe later on, once I have revenue coming in, I can hire a designer and create something really nice. But for now, simple is good enough. Let's see, what else? You're going to have to start um, getting clients soon. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm going to keep harassing you about this each call. <laughs> You're going to have to start selling it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to get there. I, I did onboard one more podcaster. Oh, right. Cool. That's good. Yeah. Got some good feedback already from them. And I'm trying to get back to the product side of things to work on some of those. And You're um, so close with the product, man. It, it's, you're so close. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you know, this all of a sudden, for example, today <laughs> it was recording. supposed to it's it was supposed to start recording automatically and it didn't for you. And so now I'm I'm thinking, <laughs> what's going on? I need to go back and take a look at that. It's so these little bugs. It's, I, I found one little thing on one edge case on on dot plan last night and, and it's it's driving me up the wall because I'm too busy to go and look at it, but it's like I know if you push that button and it doesn't appear very often, but it's going to break. And it's really bugging me that it's like, nobody's probably going to hit that button for, you know, anytime <laughs> soon, but it's really bugging me now. Like that sentry alert is just there in my email at the top. And I'm like, I don't know why that's not working. I have to go on deeper. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> I need that, that stack overflow AI code gen to go and fix it for me. Right. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> I saw that. That's yeah. got implications. I'm not sure what's uh, what's going to come of that, but that's uh, that's yeah. a whole bunch of ethical and technical worms. They kind of worms they just opened, right? So yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. even want it, to think about that right now. 
it looks very impressive yeah. and it looks like it's a great it, demo you know yeah it's a great demo and uh, i'm sure a ton of work went into it ai powered and all that but i don't know it just makes me i'm very skeptical when it comes to tools like that anything automated at least judging by things that have come in the past like i have problems getting syntax highlighting working sometimes you know so it, it screws yeah. up all the time and i'm like you know if syntax highlighting can't work is it going to write my yeah. code correctly for me <laughs> yeah yeah and you know remember tools like dreamweaver and you know all these tools that generate code for you and you end up with a mess or you end up with stuff that you still have to rewrite or remove or you know it's yeah. like i don't know i don't i don't have much faith in these kinds of systems I mean, I even think, though now right. I, I think it's going to be it's, it's super interesting to see and to, as a like a taste of potential futures but yeah my my more immediate reaction is like the uh, the ethics or the you know this has been trained on open source code suddenly this whole clean room code thing is blurry you know what happens that there's, there's a potential for like lots of backdoors to get learned you know we already know that this is a, a real problem in the world already and yeah i'm i'm less skeptical that it's not going to work i think in certain cases it will probably work too well maybe i'm worried about the implications of it with relating to software development as a profession in terms of security and People taking shortcuts when probably they shouldn't because we already know people do that if it's an option. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there goes any um, chance of, yeah, code testing is like in terms of like interviewing. If people are doing like, oh, yeah, write this code, and it's like, I'll just get the AI to write it for me, see if we can get to. Although that, that'd be an interesting bot, right? See how many jobs a, an AI bot could get based on code interviews. <laughs> Yeah, right. I could get copy <laughs> yeah. AI to to actually answer the interview questions and this thing to to write the code for me and see if I can get a job at somewhere based on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Let's see what else. I think that's all I have on my end of things. Part of the website also, oh, going back to the website, is I created a change log oh, cool. so that nice. I can record mm -hmm. things yeah, yeah. that change from version to version. Nice. And uh, oh, nice. That that looks good. The, yeah. uh, you just you said you're using Statamic. Yes, for the marketing site. Yes. Nice. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah, because I I know I need to do some kind of a changelog thing as well, especially since we experimented with this at my previous place, and I forget the name of the. Did we use a service? I think we started using a service, and then we brought it in house because it's like we don't need like this is like a list of things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, we had it in the UI as like a. a notification bell thing which mm -hmm. which worked well as well just because you know if you're adding a feature or changing uh, some part of the ui you want to draw attention to it without being too yeah if it's out there on some other site somewhere it's probably never going to get looked at for so yeah some way of showing it in the ui is probably where i want to go as well i haven't haven't gone down there yet i'm still so i was looking at um because onboarding is still I say work in progress. It's 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 more of a uh, massive overthinking in progress, I guess. And uh, I was watching. I found a site something I can't remember the name of it, uh, but it basically does like reviews of onboarding for other sites, and uh, it's it's super interesting to to go through. And you know, he basically calls out patterns that they're using, or like you know, just how they people both in terms of sign up and the instruction process and mm. that's like i think i've i think i've done too much 
and I just need to build it now. <laughs> I've done too much research. Got to the point where I question every single thing I do now because it's like I've looked at too many examples and too many different ways of doing it that I'm like, I have no idea what's right anymore. It's just so again, I probably just need to do version one and then iterate based on you know how that feels yeah. to me just because there's there's no standard way right so everybody does it differently and everybody is some have pros and cons and trying to come up with a hybrid of all of them is just yeah I've, i don't have time for this <laughs> so <laughs> i'm just gonna do yeah. something then, then. Yeah. for sure <laughs> it's hard though I, again especially with something like dot plan that is a, one of the things that makes the onboarding different or difficult is that I'm not just telling you how to use the product. I'm telling you what you should be doing in the product. And that's the mm -hmm. point which I keep sticking on is, I think I talked about it last time as well, is that you know I don't feel confident enough in telling someone what they should be doing with their day. But I also want to present this in a way that makes them feel that there is a system to follow, right? So that's the bit which is is just difficult to, to write. So, but again, I think I should probably just yeah, commit to what I've half done and and then see how that goes because it's better than what I, have, yeah. what I have at the moment which is nothing which is <laughs> me selling them an email saying this is what you probably should do <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's a good idea to just commit to something and and just stick to it people will find ways to use the product i mean it's already happening where mm. people are using it in different ways right. and you can probably address that with your either documentation or knowledge base and screencasts where you could potentially show different ways to use the product, you know, like, right. you know, different quick demos and, you know, you could use it like this, you could use it like that, mm. but yeah, sticking to. What are you using for your knowledge base, by the way? Something. It's yourself? part of Outsera. Oh, ah, okay. Of course. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Okay. Nice. Yeah. It's yeah. part of Outsera. All right. And so I haven't done much there yet, but. That's the plan. Yeah, because we've been, again, my wife has been working on Japanese like instructions effectively. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I want to take this out. We've just been doing them on separate pages within what's the website thing using the landing page thing I'm using. And and it's great because it's, she can just go and create a web page and build this. I'm like, okay, that's, it's now, it, there's enough content there that it makes sense to bring it into like a creator knowledge base based on that. So I'm going to mm -hmm. shop around and see what options I have there. Yeah. <laughs> something that i would actually this i've got to don't try and make a, another side project is i'd love a, a directory of indie alternatives right because i know there's going to be somebody with a you know a side project there that is a you know ten dollar a month knowledge base that i would love to support and i'm like mm -hmm. you try and search for knowledge based software on google and you know or even you know alternative to or whatever the you know, the review sites are, and there's just so many that, and they're so flooded by the big players that if someone was like, this is an indie, like this gets a, an official indie approval stamp of, uh, you know, approval, then I'd mm -hmm. be like, yeah, mm -hmm. it may not be the most featureful or complex, but it's, I would like to support the creators, right? So I need like an mm -hmm. indie directory, indie alternatives or something like that. Yeah, that would be great. I wonder if Indie Hackers has anything mm. like that. I should have a look. Because yeah. that would... That's, you know, seems like that would be something, I mean, people do have their projects on Indie Hackers because right. you can create a profile yes. for your project. Yeah. And so I wonder if that's searchable. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'll go way. poke around on Indie Hackers. That's probably a good place to start. But yeah, 
don't make it. It's just resist. Don't make it. Don't make it out. It's too much yeah. work. <laughs> you, you can't focus on on that right now. Stay the course. Stay the course. <laughs> I'm so bad at like. I mean, as a, a side thing on that as well, it's it's amazing to me just how you know. I, I think I've said before that like you know ideas working on something begets more ideas, and you know you mm-hmm. the, the, when you start you know you. If you're starting a, a, a project, you're like, I, I don't know what to build. But as soon as you start building something, they, it's like a virus and it just spreads all of these potential things you could build, right? Because you hit so many ideas and roadblocks or like challenges and you're like, oh man, this should exist. And I wish I'd had that. And you, the, the list of potential projects just explodes. And yep. it's amazing to me, the, the, the same thing happens with like just opportunities and contacts as well, right? You know, if you, somebody's looking at going freelancing or something, it's like, but I don't know who to, you know, I, I don't have any clients or any contacts or anything, you know, by just suddenly announcing and talking to people about what you're doing, like a side project or something like this, it's amazing how many people have just reached out to me about other work as well. And it's like, no, nah, the, the whole point is I'm not doing that, right? I'm doing this. But it's uh, yeah. it, it's really, it, it, again, I know this, but I'd kind of forgotten it by just being in, a, in, a, in the zone in terms of working for other people. I kind mm-hmm. of, to come back to this, and also to come back to this like eight or nine years later, just how much more there is as well you know like when i was more public about what i was building you know eight to nine years ago there was a so many like you know requests requests for a coffee um yeah you know brain picking as uh, <laughs> as a service and but whereas now it's, it's it's insane there's just so much work and so many more people wanting to build things that mm-hmm. it's it's crazy you know the you moment you say you're building something everyone's like oh we should talk and i'm like no i'm building my thing right <laughs> <laughs> so it's if there is anybody that's yeah like on the fence of you know not knowing what to what to build or being scared about you know finding contacts and things it's just like it's things happen oh, that re- the moment you start uh, that, yeah that reminds me you had this other idea you had this other idea with uh, business yeah cards. yeah yeah I, <laughs> I i did follow I, I, that's that's progressing slower slowly just okay. because of time but yeah i kind of um I demoed it to some people the other week and they were all like, oh my God, where do I buy this? And I'm like, I, I, okay, I really need to finish that up. <laughs> it's a really easy sell, which is kind of surprising. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah, I kind of, I should get get on that and, and get it out because it's working. It just needs wrapping up into a, a like, you know, product page and a, a, now as I've got paddle access, that's a very good point. Now as I'm a paddle oh, yeah. approved person, then I could sell it, right? Interesting. Do they have to approve the product? Itself, Probably, though? yes. Yeah. Because yeah, actually, that's a good point. Yeah. Because this has a f- no, it doesn't have a physical thing. It's just QR code, right? So I can, yeah, yeah I should check on that. <laughs> yeah. Because if I'm sure if it, it's no big deal, because it meets the same list of requirements as the as dot plans. So, huh, interesting. Yeah, because that was one of my things. It's like just setting up billing is always like a little. But I guess once I've done it for one thing, it's easy to do for another, right? Hmm. Yeah. Just watch out for getting derailed yeah i know this know, focusing is, on that instead of uh, your main main project yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right yeah, yeah um, i'm just my, my i'm having computer problems so i'm on battery at the moment and it's just down to five percent okay. so i'm just gonna see if i don't know if oh yeah gonna, no worries yeah no let worries. me just find a what's the easiest way to do this maybe if i put this in hold on yeah okay maybe that will work so yeah i can't run my i can't oh hold on it's it's gonna pause for a minute while it does something. All right. 
I don't know what it's doing. Everything's just hung. So I can hear you, but I can't see anything. There you go. It's back. back. Am I back? I can see you and I can hear you. I've got black screens at the moment. So, oh, here we go. You're over there. Uh, <laughs> so, there yeah, my 16 inch MacBook Pro, I don't know whether it's the heat or what, but I can't run the internal monitor and the external monitor at the same time without mm. it overheating. Oh, wow. Huh, I see. Can you hear me? 